Hey everyone, welcome to Cigars and Syndication. I'm Robbie. I'm here with my co-host Jay, uh, where we're passionate about cigars and real estate. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the the current apartment shortage and maybe what led up to it. Hey everyone, my name is Junaid Noor. Welcome to Cigars and Syndications. Um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about a, a mixed bag of different things: uh, apartment shortage, housing shortage interest rates, it's all interconnected. So we're just going to have a discussion while we smoke this fantastic AVO fall season. This is the third um, in the series. They started with the spring, summer, and this is the fall. Well, yeah, so I know we we just uh, a few episodes ago, we did the, the summer. Uh, we've now got the fall one. This fall one is really good. It's starting off really good. Uh, it's got a good even burn to it so far and is really, um, a really a good, uh, good bowl flavor. I like it. It's a, it's a solid smoke. So we'll review the cigar a little bit later in the podcast, but let's get started with the housing crisis. What is going on? And mortgage rates are at 8%. Um, supply is short. Developers are not developing as fast. What in the world is going on there? Yeah, I mean, it seems like this, uh, this is kind of a repeat from 2008 and, and we still have some lagging effect from 2008 that we haven't overcome yet with, with a particularly apartment shortages. Yeah. I read, uh, a statistic that said that we are still 600,000 units short nationally, uh, just, uh, to catch up to the 2008 shortage. Right. And this, this, uh, interest rate, um, and housing crisis and all these things that are, you know, at our doorstep right now are, are, they're, they're hurting, getting caught up. And, and it's like, what's it going to take to get over this hump and get these, uh, these projects going? And, and another interesting statistics I read was that the U.S. needs to build 4.3 million, uh, units, apartment units by 2035 just to keep up with demand. So that's a lot of apartment units. And, uh, well, let's talk about, let's get into what happened here. Why are we so short on everything? Well, I mean, it, you know, it seems like back in 2008 when we had this, uh, that crisis, you know, the lenders shut down, they weren't lending money on multifamily, apartments weren't getting built, and it just kept compounding on each other until, you know, recently we've had a pretty good run at uh, getting these newer projects approved, getting the lending for these projects, and then here we go with the interest rates rising and just kind of shutting it down again. Correct. And, you know, that's just it, right? Uh, we were at a really, really good um, mastermind seminar in New York City this week, this past weekend, uh, which was sponsored by Lone Star Capital. Uh, shout out to Rob Beardsley, who put a fantastic, they, his team did a great job putting it together. But, you know, there was, you know, I like to attend these kinds of um, sessions because I learn a lot of what's coming going on in the market. Uh, where the market is moving, what other um, capital raisers are dealing with. And one of the things, you know, we, we had two separate, very good separate sessions about debt and equity. And, you know, let's get into what we learned over there. You know, for me, it was really interesting uh, and, and it always interesting to talk to other uh, syndicators and developers and, and, you know, how they overcome some of the challenges they're faced with in the different ways that they get money, different ways they extend their terms and negotiate with their lenders, uh, whether it's on the debt or equity side. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned out of that is that, um, you know, lenders are slowing down, uh, lending for the building of, of apartments and of course, housing, uh, stand, standard single family housing too. 
And, you know, population growth is still happening and looks like we're going to wind up in the same uh, gap, the supply gap that we had right after 2008, which we still haven't caught up with yet. Yeah, I mean, the consensus of a lot of people that were at this uh, at this conference was that, you know, we're going to have the same issues, you know, construction slowing down, new starts are slowing down. Some areas like Texas are, are getting an influx of, of new uh, residents and it's going to be uh it's going to be a pretty a pretty big shortage and and once we do get the gate open back up and people are lending and when we're building these things um i i think it's going to be a good time yeah and one of the issues that we had as of this morning is that uh treasury yields uh have increased have jumped up again because prices and you know prices and yields are inverse uh in 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 movement so uh, the demand for treasury has gone down. So prices have gone down. Um, and so yields have jumped up. Uh, the 10-year treasury bond today was 4.9%. I think it's the highest it's been in 20 years or so. Uh, the stock market is, is, is doing well, but you know, if these bond yields keep going up, um, you know, there, there's, there's going to be a lot of issues with borrowing and, you know, the HUD loans that we always talk about are based off of the 10-year treasury. So as as the yields go up on the 10-year treasury, you know, the prices go up on those HUD loans, which are backed by the U.S. government and, you know, which normally gave a much better uh, terms than, than, the, uh, than the average private lenders. And those private lenders are about 8, 8.5%. I mean, what, what were you hearing from, from the people we talked to in New York? Yeah, in just an open discussions, everybody's seeing way closer to ten percent interest on the commercial lending side, and and there's really not any near future relief in sight. Yeah, you know, and as of this morning, like I said, residential mortgage rates for the thirty year uh, fixed mortgage hit eight percent, and so you know it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we did a podcast on this before that. You know, there's a lot of commercial ma- commercial uh, mortgage-backed securities that are due for renewal uh, in November and December. And, you know, what is going to happen with a lot of these uh, multifamily properties that were bought on floating rates and uh, maybe they were at, you know, a 3% floating rate and now it's going to be a 10% floating rate and they don't cash flow. What's going to happen? Yeah, that was a really hot topic. And, and, you know, there was a lot of people that are currently in that situation, you know, and they're trying to restructure their deals and they're going back to their lenders. Uh, they're looking for other avenues to, to get a new influx of cash, uh, into their projects. There's cash calls going on. Uh, distributions are being halted on some of these projects and it's, a, it's a real problem. Yeah. And one of the things that, uh, one of the, the debt panelists talked about was rate caps. And he said that, you know, two years ago, a rate cap would be, you know, twenty or $30,000 uh, for a, you know, $20 million loan. And now it's like $300,000. So even those rate caps, the rate caps, uh, in case our audience didn't know, a rate cap is basically an insurance policy that you purchase for a floating rate that if the floating rate goes above a certain number, a uh, certain percentage, the insurance company will pay that difference. So the borrower is protected, but it is an insurance policy and insurance policy has a premium and those premiums have gone up. They're, they're unsustainable at this point. 
Yeah, these, these are really challenging times for investors right now. And, and I think um, paying attention to your syndicator or sponsor and how they're handling this, you know, and how proactive they are in this and, and communicating with their lenders and also their investors, you know, to make sure, every, sure everybody knows where they're at. Um, these are really trying times. And, you know, for all the people that did the floating rates and they're struggling right now, um, what do you do today as an investor? What would you do, Jay? What would you be looking for today going forward? I mean, exactly that, right? I want to, to, to be the sponsor or if I'm investing in a, in a, as a passive um, investor, I want to find a sponsor who is constantly communicating with us and who is letting us know what's going on, what the issues are, how they're going to deal with those issues. And, you know, we want proactive sponsors, just like you said. Now, one of the, one of the interesting examples that one of the panelists gave was that, you know, our insurance rates, their insurance rates uh, in, the, in a multifamily on the Gulf Coast. So you're talking about, you know, Texas, Louisiana, uh, Florida, any of the Gulf, Gulf Coast states. Well, you know, we've been having this issue for the last couple of years where uh, commercial insurers are pulling out and you only have one or two insurers left. And so rates are going up. And he basically said, look, you know, our insurance went from, you know, four, five, eight hundred dollars a door to two thousand dollars a door. And he said, we went ahead and we communicated with our uh, investors and we let them know, look, there's not going to be a cash distribution uh, this quarter because we need to have that cash in order to be able to pay for a larger uh, uh, insurance expense. But at the same time, we as a sponsor are not going to charge an asset management fee either. So we won't make money and you won't get your distribution, but we'll all try to keep cash preserved for the long-term investment. Yeah, I really like the fact that, you know, when your sponsor is proactive and ahead of the curve, it really kind of makes you feel at ease as an investor, even if it means you miss a distribution or two, you know, so that they can build up a little nest egg for the premium, because a lot of people are, are renegotiating higher premiums, different things to offset, you know, some of the cost. You know, one of the, the good things that's happening out of this as an investor, the deals that are getting money, the deals that are finding lenders are really good, solid deals. And, and as these things turn the corner, you know, to be in on these projects is going to be key. Yeah, because this is the normal course of a cycle. Uh, in the beginning of a cycle, um, you start getting the good deals and then everybody starts jumping in. And then, you know, FOMO, uh, fear of missing out, people are like, oh, this person got a, you know, a 15% return. I want a 15% return. And then they can't get into the same quality deal. So in the beginning of a cycle, you get good returns and quality deals. As the cycle starts peaking, everybody starts jumping in and you get deals that are not of high quality. And those are the deals that start falling out and people start losing their money. You start declining on the cycle. You hit the bottom, which, you know, probably I would think by the end of this year, we'll probably hit bottom and then the cycle will probably restart. Well, isn't that very similar to what happened in 2008 with the residential mortgages? Yeah, it's almost exactly the same thing, you know. Uh, in the beginning, um, what happened was uh, that investors were getting these uh, bonds. They were they were buying these bonds that were backed by mortgages and backed by cash flow of the mortgage. And everybody thought, "Wow, this is awesome!" Because you know we have a hard asset with you know uh, people 
who are living in these uh, houses, so they're their own residences. So it's not uh, we're not talking about some kind of a risky business, right? We're talking about somebody's home, and you know these these new products that are coming out on the market. These are bonds that are backed by A class people with seven hundred plus FICO scores. Uh, these are the uh, these are the people who bought these houses, and they're going to be making these mortgage payments, and these bonds are backed by those mortgage payments. Well, in the beginning, they were very very high quality. Uh, bonds backed by people who had 700 plus FICOs. Well, there's only so many of those. Then you went to the 600 FICOs. Then you went to, you know, I'm sorry, 650, then 600, then 550, then 500. Then it, the, the, the appetite, FOMO, the appetite for I want to get into a mortgage-backed security was so great that Wall Street started packaging them as ninja loans, right? If you don't have a job, you don't have so ninja was no income, no job, no asset verification. We're just gonna give you this house and we're gonna give you a hundred percent financing because we just want the asset to to package into a bond and sell it to uh our investors because there was so much demand for it. And you know, the result was 2008, everything collapsed. Well, you know, with all that being said and all the doom and gloom, I, I hope we didn't deter you from uh, doing your homework and your due diligence and, and really staying involved and and, and getting invested. Um, I uh, really enjoying this Avo, Jay. It's got a nice, like a mild smoke. It's a medium, bold uh, flavor for me, uh, or maybe maybe medium, but it, but it has a good full flavor, uh, just a little bit of spice and pretty consistent throughout so far. No, I, this, this is smoking really well. And, you know, uh, compared to the summer and the spring, I thought the spring was a little bit more floral. This is a lot more woody, much more fall based, as they said, because this is for the fall season. Um, you know, a little bit more woody, more chocolate. I'm getting more chocolate out of it. Uh, not too much spice, but just enough to make it interesting. But this is a wonderful smoke, and if you can get your hands on this Avo uh, Seasoned Cigar, this is the fall version. Uh, they had the summer and the spring before that. Well, I hope you all enjoyed the episode today. Um, looking forward to seeing you all next time. Any questions or comments, please uh, hit us up. Uh, in the meantime, go to our website, uh, check out our articles, and uh, look forward to seeing you all next time. Have a good afternoon.